Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Welcome. We are back, baby. Back with a vengeance. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you so much for joining us. Settle in, get comfortable. Pour yourself a drink. It's been long, it's been too long. But we are back and ready to roll. So much to do and so little time. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, hopefully going to be with you for the next hour or so. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the super hearts as well. And just thank you. Thank you for being you. I'm sure you don't hear that enough. Thank you for being you. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Without you, this wouldn't be a broadcast. It would just be some foreign devil speaking in the dark on his own to the interwebs, awaiting the inevitable police raid. Yes, a couple of people have got in touch with me already and said, Boogie, they're raiding, they're raiding the ABC! The federal police are raiding the journalists! I want to let you know, I have asked a couple of people who I know, you know, on the periphery of the media, and nobody knows what's going on. It's too soon. Stuff will come out. We will touch on it. Stuff will come out because if we know anything about journalists, it's that they don't like being raided by the police, especially when conservatives are in government. (laughs) So I don't know what it's all about. Um... It could be, you know, obtaining classified information, something like that. So before people go crazy and say, oh, it's five eyes, it's five eyes, just just chill, just relax, just just pull it back, just relax. We'll see what happens. Um, It could be something to do with asylum seekers, refugees, we're getting all kinds of weird reports. This is why you have something called the 48-hour rule. This is why it exists, because... After an event, after an incident, in that first 48 hours, there are so many conflicting reports. Everybody is vying and fighting for your belief. And all kinds of agendas are trying to push their own version of events to suit themselves at all times. I mean, I put out a tweet earlier this morning. My time. You know, if if anything... If anything exemplifies what I'm saying, then this will do it. Uh, I was reading a Twitter thread. Now the now the corporate media are doing Twitter threads, believe it or not. <laughs> now the corporate media are doing Twitter threads, and it was a Twitter thread by NBC. And they were talking about the crisis at the border. And I distinctly remember watching report after report on that very same network, talking about how there's no crisis here. This is, this is just fantasy. This is make-believe. This is right-wing fear-mongering in order to win votes for the midterm elections. Arguably the same set of circumstances. And if you want to see how quickly and easily 
a perception can be shifted around 180 degrees unapologetically, then that's your prime example. Before the midterm elections, it was crucial for the corporate press to portray Donald Trump as a racist, as a bigot, in order to spur support for his political opponents. So you say, there's no crisis, he's just making it up because he's racist, it's fear-mongering, he's tapping into fear and racism and bigotry. The day after the midterm elections, when it was clear that the Democrats had won back the House, all of a sudden, there is a crisis at the border, and the reason that there's a crisis is because Donald Trump hasn't done enough to fix it. (laughs) Why? Because he's racist. He doesn't care about the brown children. He doesn't care about the migrants. He's just cold and heartless and has no empathy. He's a horrible, horrible man who's created this crisis at the border. The exact same set of circumstances. Just a little twist. And away you go. So we are waiting more news on the AFP rating. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes out. Rest assured, whatever happens, I will be here to give you bad dick jokes in relation to what is happening and why it is happening. Nothing but real news. So thanks so much for joining us. We will touch on that. I also want to head over to London tonight. Head over to London. The President of the United States has dropped in on the old dart. He met the Queen. He met Queenie. How many of you saw the footage of Donald Trump meeting the Queen? Did you see the big smile on Queenie's face? Now, I'll forgive my rebellious scum American brothers and sisters who are like the angry cousin at Thanksgiving wearing the black t-shirt. What are we we saying thanks for? I don't even like turkey. Come on, America. Can't you just sit down and play nice with the rest of the family? No. No. You're not the boss of me. I can do what I want. That kid's always been a problem. You know, last year he threw all the tea in the river. Did you see that? Oh, Oh, Beatrice, it was awful. It's terrible. America, come in. Come in. Sit down. Your cousins, Canada and Australia and New Zealand are here. Don't you want to say hello? No. No. I want to do my own thing. Fine. So I'll forgive my rebellious American brothers and sisters for not quite knowing what the Queen likes, what the Queen thinks, but they say, apparently, that she has a tremendous sense of humour, a wicked sense of humour. And you can imagine, after however many years she's been alive, what is it, 90 now? A long fucking time. Let's call it a long fucking time. After a long fucking time of everybody around you in your life doing nothing but kissing your ass. Wouldn't it be a nice change to have somebody who genuinely would say, well, isn't it? well, it's really nice to meet you, Queen. This is one hell of a fucking shack you got here. You know, I put a lot of gold in my buildings too. Tremendous buildings. Where did you, who's your supplier? Who's your supplier for all this gold up here on the roof? Do you know a guy? I tell you what, I can do you a tremendous deal on gold and marble. Next time you want to build a new palace or a castle or whatever the hell you call these things. I tell you, it's one hell of a swing. Where's Where did you put the pool table? Is there a bowling alley in here? You know what I mean? So she was laughing, all smiles. I bet she loves him. Tremendous, tremendous sense of humor. And she's probably got a whole bunch of people around her telling her all sorts of things. Prince Charles, you know, mummy. Mummy, this, this, this awful Donald Trump bad mummy. He says the most heinous and horrible things about people of color. 
<laughs> She's probably like, oh, settle down, Charles. The Negroes can take a joke. <laughs> Because she's very old-fashioned, you see. <laughs> so she loved meeting the Queen. But un- uh, she loved meeting the President. But unfortunately, the Londoners, as they do these days, were out in the street, marching, protesting, screaming into the sky. Worshipping at the foot of the Donald Trump blimp. Oh. So we will touch on that. Also want to head over to Canada Plus... Very special, very big announcement. We are taking calls tonight. Tonight. So what I'll do, I'll I'll do a couple of stories first. Then I'll take a short little break. And during that break, if you want to get on the show, if you want to call in, first time ever, we're giving this a test run. You want to be, do you want to be my guinea pig? Do you want to be my lab rat? Unfortunately, you won't get any free lipstick or cancer. But you may have a good time. I'm not sure. But if you do want to call in, Uh, Join the Discord and head into the waiting room. It's a voice channel in the Discord. And then when we do the calls, I'll pull you on. I'll pull you on the show. So thanks for sticking around. It's a pleasure to see you all there in the chat. Thanks for joining us. I hope you don't mind going a little bit too late. People people, um, ask me sometimes, why can't you just pick one time and stick to it? I'll, I'll tell you why. There's a problem. When you guys have daylight savings, we have daylight savings, but it goes in reverse here. So at the moment, if it is 11 a.m. here, then it is 9 p.m. the day before on the East Coast. But in a couple of months, that's going to change. And instead of being two hours in front, I'll be four hours in front. But I still have to go to work at the same time, get up at the same time, right? So it's, it's quite difficult when I'm squeezing as much into my day as I possibly humanly possibly can to, to get that perfect niche and just when I figure out a way to manage the work situation alright okay I've got enough time for sleep see at the moment I'm getting home I'm sleeping about two or three hours I'm getting up I'm doing this and then I'm going back to sleep for two or three hours and then going to work so (laughs) doing the best I'm doing the best I can here but thank you so much for your patience and your support by the way and thank you to the supporters of the show if you'd like to become one you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. You can become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to erect a blimp of me, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. What is your Discord link, Boogie? Uh, Patience asks on YouTube. Just look for the Daily Boogie in Discord and you'll find it and you can join it. Um, If not, just go to my timeline at Boogie Bumper and I put out a link a few hours ago. So you'll be able to join that way. So yeah, if you would like to get involved, do so by going into the Discord, joining the waiting room, and we'll hop to it. Hop to it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for sharing the show out too, guys. All right. Let's kick it off. Actually, let's do it this way. Let's do this little article first. The Fash. ABC Headquarters, which is the Australian taxpayer-funded news corporation, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be pleased to know. ABC headquarters in, a, in Sydney raided by Australian Federal Police. The Federales. Federal Police are raiding the Sydney offices of the National Broadcaster in relation to the 2017 ABC News reports that Australian defence personnel may have committed war crimes in Afghanistan. The ABC on Wednesday said the warrants indicated AF, AFP officers would search documents and computers linked to reporters Dan Oakes and Sam Clark, as well as news director Gavin Morris. 
The ABC said in the raids in Ultimo were relation in relation to a 2017 story that said hundreds of pages of secret Defence Force documents leaked to the ABC give an unprecedented insight into the clandestine operations of the elite forces in Afghanistan, including incidents of troops killing unarmed men and children. The material the AFP is seeking in relation to the story by the national broadcaster has since been dubbed the Afghan Files. So I suspect that's what it's about. And that was a huge story here when it broke. But if you want to see the quality of Australian news coverage in all of its glory, check this out from Channel 9. There's a story developing in Sydney now. AFP officers are raiding the ABC studios at Ultimo. Nine's Liz Daniels is there. Liz, good morning. What sparked the raid? Well, the short answer is, Davina, we don't know. Three Australian federal police officers have just arrived here at the head office of ABC in Ultimo. Okay. They walked in through the front door, checked in with security, and then went on into the offices. Isn't that such a pleasant raid? That has got to be one of the most polite raids of all time. How the hell do you even call that a raid? It's like the Trump balloon in London. They're calling it a blimp. This this ain't the fucking Hindenburg, bruv. This, this is a tiny little balloon held on by one person. <laughs> this ain't a blimp. That's not a raid. If you casually walk in with your backpack, three of you, three got a three-man raid casually walk in through the front door check in with security hello there afp here just doing a raid oh well please by all means there was no kicking in doors i mean the movies and television have lied to us yeah we just we just walked in casually said g'day just gonna do a little raid of your office here if you don't mind please by all means would you like a cuppa would you like a cup of tea sure love to be lovely thank you very much <laughs> it's not a raid now we understand they will be carrying out exactly. a search, but exactly what Tracy in the chat asks, where's the guns? Where's the battering ram? <laughs> what a boring raid. They're here for or what they're looking for or why they're here. We I love this. Because when you want to know what's going on, when you want to know, when you have to find out what's going on in relation to a raid that's not quite a raid, this is what you want to hear. Here for or what they're looking for. Exactly will be carrying out a search, but exactly what they're here for or what they're looking for or why they're here, we don't know. What we do know is... <laughs> Thanks for the news, mate. Thanks for the report. <laughs> Let's go live to the ABC offices right now where federal police are conducting a raid. Are you there? Yes, I am. Can you tell us what's going on? Yes, I can. This morning, AFP casually walked in through the front door to conduct a raid. They grabbed a cup of tea from the front desk and then walked into the offices. Now, why they're here, what they're here for, or what they're looking for, we don't know. But what we can say is somebody is doing something. Thank you. Thank you for that breaking news. <laughs> why even bother? Why even bother telling anybody? If that's the best you can do. <laughs> this comes a day after uh, the News Corp journalist Annika Smethurst had her home in Canberra raided over allegations that an unauthorised leak of national security information was included in a story that she wrote more than a year ago. Then yesterday we also heard from 2GB broadcaster 
and Channel 9 host Ben Fordham that he's also been contacted by senior officials and told that a home affairs investigation has been sparked over his story about six asylum seeker boats attempting to reach Australia. He's now been told... Dio's at Ultimo 9... There you have it. We don't know why they're being raided. We don't exactly know for sure. All we know is somebody is doing something and maybe that's all we need to know. Maybe it's a need-to-know basis kind of thing. So as more comes out, I'm sure as more comes out, we'll be at least told why they were there. Perhaps we'll be told what their names are or where they parked or what they had for lunch before we find out what they're actually fucking doing. Who knows? Who's to say? All right, let's head over to London now. Sign sums up London's response to Trump as violence breaks out at protests. Two young women summed up the anger at Donald Trump during his state visit to the UK as thousands protested against the US president in London. Don't you love the framing? Of all the things, what could possibly sum up? What could sum up the the president's trip to London? Could it be the talks he had with Theresa May? Could it be him meeting the Queen, the head of the the royal family? Could it be the various trade negotiations and things that are going on? No. What it is, is two slappers on the streets of London holding up a sign. That's what sums it up. Oh, there there you go. That's what encapsulates the president's trip to London. Two low-rate slappers holding signs on the streets of London. Ugh, where do I even start? (laughs) That's it. That's what sums up the president's trip. I just can't even. Wow. This is very broad. This is very intellectually superior argumentation here, ladies and gentlemen. Ugh, where do I even start? Can we just skip right to the finish? Can we do that? Is that an option? This this sums up the president's trip, this picture right here. The lovely lady on the right is wearing a shirt. A woman does not have to be modest in order to be respected. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So they must really, really hate uh, fundamentalist Muslims, right? They must really hate them. A woman does not have to be modest in order to be respected? They, wow. That's sounding kind of racisty there, girlfriend. Sounding kind of intolerant there, girlfriend. What do you mean a woman does not have to be modest in order to be respected? What about all of this, you know, fundamentalist religious garb? Oh, no, no, that's different. That's freedom. Ah, interesting. Trump and his rhetoric have has created the climate where this sort of thing sh- could get passed, said Miss Hoch. We're young women. I would hate to be in the position where I can't control my own body. It's terrifying. Ms. Fenton, who designed the sign... <laughs> they're interviewing people who designed the sign. Fuck <laughs> oh, hell. I bet that was an all-nighter. Just pots of coffee. Where do we even start? I want a one sign. I want a one sentence slam on the president. Where do we even start? How about that? Oh my God, you're a genius, Kathy. How the hell did you come up with that? We need a sign. We need a sign that's going to rub this fascist nose right in it. God, where do I even start? (gasps) Then don't get in the position, says Carol. But Mr. Trump dismissed the protests in London as fake news, saying he only saw a very small group after his motorcade drove past the crowds in Parliament Square. 
Uh, a Trump supporter was milkshaked also. Nazi scum. And then the milkshake. Because that's what you do to Nazis. You throw milkshakes at them. A video posted to Twitter shows activists chanting in the face of a pro-Trump protester outside the UK Parliament before a drink was poured over the man's head and the crowd began pushing and shoving. The stunt echoes a recent attack on hard-line Brexiter Nigel Farage, who was doused in a banana and salted caramel milkshake by a protester during a visit to Newcastle in northern England last month. There's the man with his free milkshake. Go to a protest, get a free beverage. Sounds like a good deal. The generous, the the English are very generous, very generous. Other signs read: Trump is worse than my cancer. "Quote: My cat could poop a better president." It's very, very intellectual stuff. It's very highbrow stuff. And big man, pig man. <laughs> Again, the the amount of brainstorming that must have gone into this operation. Big man, pig man. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Jeremy. When you get home, make sure you bring that sign home because that's going right up on the refrigerator. Big man, pig man. How the hell do they come up with it? Thousands of protesters... <laughs> Sorry. It's just terrible. Thousands of protesters gathered in Trafalgar Square on Tuesday morning for the protest with Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn, Comrade Corbyn, addressing the crowds as emotions ran high. Well, of course and a large police presence guarded London's streets. He said he was very disappointed by Mr. Trump's attack on London Mayor Sadiq Khan, added that racism divides, exploitation of minorities divides, brings about hatred, dislike, disdain, and a horrible place for individuals to live in. A shithole, one might, one might say. Oh, no, Tracy's saying, I'm so embarrassed, retards like this room, I can, don't be embarrassed on behalf of other people. God, don't do that. You should be proud that you're not one of them. Don't be don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed by what other people do. You can't control them. And if you could, you wouldn't. Because it's so damn entertaining. Protesters jeer at a Trump supporter chanting, You love Trump. <laughs> it's like high school. High energy. Okay, good, good stuff. Janie Godley, a stand-up comedian who famously welcomed the president to Scotland with a sign calling him a cunt, was back with the same sign. Rehashing old material, Janie, huh? You call yourself a comedian. You know, you know, that cunt sign that you had of the president, that killed Janie. That was gold. Really? Do you think I can do the same gag again? Nobody will notice. It's a new crowd. It's a new audience, baby. That material is so grade A level, you can do the same joke again. Nobody's even going to know. <laughs> I mean, she's famous, famous for holding up a sign that called the president a cunt. So she thought, I'm going to do it again. I'll be double famous. <laughs> she said, I did it because I had Trump in my country, a man who hates women. I think I scared him. <laughs> I scared him. 
He's terrified of me. The Scottish stand-up comedian who holds the same sign at every protest she goes to. The president is trembling in fear. Oh my God, Melania, do you see that? They wrote a mean word about me. I don't like it. I'm terrified. Don Lessam, 67, bought his $35,000 dumping Trump robot, which sits on a toilet intoning, intoning fake news, no collision and witch hunt after crowdfunding his trip from the US to the UK. There's some signs. Piss off, you orange twat. <laughs> Stop tweeting, start reading. Who's this guy? Oh, this is the guy who owns the potty Trump robot. Let's have a look. Robots have taken our jobs. Uh, loathing of Trump. I think he's the worst. I make giant dinosaur robots in China, and I realized that we could just as well make a giant Trump on the toilet. These are the people, the little moral guardians of our time. I make giant, I make dinosaur robots in China, and I just figured I can also make a a giant robot of Donald Trump sitting on the toilet. <laughs> this, this, what the hell are we worried about? See, let these people go. Let them do what they do. This is tremendous stuff. <laughs> No collusion. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like it. You are fake news. I'm a very stable genius. Not bad. Not bad at all. I'd have one on my front lawn in Christmas. Wouldn't you? Organiser Anna Oppenheim of Another Europe is possible, tells news.com.au... I know there are milkshakes planned for Trump UK visit protests today. They're very proud of themselves for throwing milkshakes at people. But you have much more than that. We're going to have two stages uh, with speeches, performances all day. We're hoping to create something that we describe as a carnival of resistance um, with uh, events, protests happening, and not just in London, but also around the country. And why are you so opposed to Trump? Uh, Trump represents something that is a worrying trend happening across the world. Ah. Uh, it's the rise of the far right, it's the rise of aggressive nationalism, right. racism, misogyny, yep. ah. which we're also seeing across Europe and we're very much seeing in the UK with Brexit, with the rise of uh, uh, the Brexit party, if you like Nigel Farage, bringing the same values here. It's great, isn't it, that somebody not from London is in London organising protests and activism for the UK leaving the EU, right? Somebody else, somebody from another part of Europe is in London organising a protest against the Brexit movement. See, people sometimes have a go at me. Why do you talk about American politics? It's none of your business. You're not even American. Well, to them I say, well, next time, don't be the most powerful country on earth then. Go back and lose World War II. Because, I'm sorry, comrade, if you want to be the most powerful country on earth and have your politics affect what happens elsewhere in the world, then you're going to have to expect people elsewhere in the world are going to have a little bit to fucking talk about. They're going to watch what you do. Sorry. Don't make the rules. Don't want to be the most powerful country? Fine. Fine. Chuck it all in the ocean. Who gives a fuck? And then nobody will talk about you. Do you think, do you think I spend as much time researching the goings-on in Botswana or Uganda? No. <laughs> Of course not. But I tell you what I don't do. I don't go over to the United States and organize protest rallies. That's another level entirely. Surely. That's a whole nother level. 
There's the Trump blimp. Let's go to CNN and see what they got to say about all this. Let's see the framing. I'm sure it's very balanced. I'm sure it's very fair. President Trump touting his popularity in the UK, but today protests erupted in London over his visit. At one point, police worried they might have to pause the march because of its massive size. Let's wow. bring in CNN's Nick Payton Walsh. Uh, Nick, President Trump uh, has criticized London's mayor. He criticized Prime Minister Theresa May. Is the special relationship between England and the US, is it falling apart? <laughs> Jake, it will always be there, but frankly, he's been on the ground here for merely 30 hours in London. And during that time, he met the Queen, experienced the full breadth of British pomp and ceremony, barely ever came into central London, insulted the Prime Minister, tried to apologise to, backed her main rival. But what was in no doubt is on Regent Street, where I'm standing in central London. <laughs> Bocker Bradley says, nobody Canadians do that here in the States. Damn it, Canadians are taking my jobs. Thwarted again. Tens of thousands of people out in force to absolutely repudiate the fact he was even here. Here's what we saw. Ah. Tens of thousands crossing streets that would normally be sealed off to allow a sitting US president to be whisked through. Whisked. Instead, fury at racism, immigration, sexism flooded Regent Street. <laughs> we really need some new material. Come on, man. Racism, sexism, and homophobia, Islamophobiaism, all of the isms. Donald Trump is guilty of all of the isms, and these passionate people from around Europe have united with their poorly made signs in order to scare the president. One comedian even came down all the way from Scotland. She managed to drag herself out of the heroin clinic long enough to create a sign that called Donald Trump a cunt and use it once again here on the streets of London. Isn't, isn't unity wonderful? Isn't diversity just magnificent? We have people from all over the world protesting against English and United Kingdom sovereignty. It's wonderful. March to Trafalgar Square, some going as far to physically attack a punching dummy decorated ah, as the Sick blow. <laughs> look how far look how far back this guy winds up to hit the dummy. I mean they didn't even put arms on the dummy. He's punching an unarmed man, ladies. Attack <laughs> a punching dummy. He nearly fell over. <laughs> They're not sending their best. <laughs> Decorated as the Donald. And London, the multicultural heart of Britain. The multicultural heart of Britain. Women dressed as handmaids oh, paired their white back. caps with white protest signs. Even anti-trumpeters Trump sounded their us. alarm. This blimp, perhaps the most the blimp. visible. It's not sign a blimp. That is not a blimp. <laughs> That's barely a balloon. This blimp. Blimp. Could you imagine if the Goodyear blimp could be held down by four pieces of string? Would you? Would they still call it a blimp? This blimp. <laughs> it's about ten feet off the ground. <laughs> oh my! What a tremendous blimp you have most visible sign of disapproval raised in the UK so question in the chat do they not realize how ridiculous they look no they don't they don't they think they're doing the right thing they think that they're opposing fascism I either they think that they're doing the right thing or they're just there for a bit of a laugh which I suspect is many of them but I also suspect many of them have no idea why they hate him they just do I imagine that's a case for a big chunk of this audience can anybody 
you know, my Democrat comrades, can you put your hand on your heart and tell me that every single person there knows exactly why they're there? Do you think they're all well-read? Do you think they all follow politics? Do you think they all have genuine ideological differences with the President of the United States, who really isn't even that ideological to begin with, let's be fair? A a lot of his, you know, um, economic policies and whatnot, Democrats in the past, like JFK, would have touted cutting taxes and whatnot. So do you think that all of these people here are well-read and ideologically sound and know exactly why they hate Donald Trump? I would suspect no. I would suspect a minority of people there actually know why they're there. And I think a lot of them just see, you know, they see anger, they see signs, and they just want to be a part of it. Get out, hit the streets. Yeah, fuck Trump. Ah! And that's fine. That's fine. But a point we've made previously, with all of these protests and they're opposing fascism, their very action disproves their own claim. Meaning, if the UK was a fascist state, or if the United States was a fascist state, they would not be able to do what they're doing right now. The head kickers would have been sent in. The brown shirts with batons gleaming in the sunlight would have been sent in to crack a few skulls and drag them out. They would have been tear gassed. They would have been marched off the streets. If they genuinely believe that they're living in a fascist state and they say, oh, well, we're just going to go out and protest in the streets, protest against the fascism that we're living under. Your very action disproves your own claim. So do I think that they realise how stupid they look? No. I don't even think they know why they're there. Most of them. Far. It was about as close as anything resembling President Donald Trump would get to the seat of government of America's closest ally. Uh, he said it made him feel unwell. <laughs> when I saw that, when I saw this old lady beating a pot in a pan, I'm like, get back in the kitchen. <laughs> what are you what are you doing out of the kitchen? Shouldn't you be baking cookies for your grandkids like a normal grandma? Jesus Christ, man. Go make a cake or something. He said it made him feel unwelcome and slammed the London mayor for approving it in a widely critical interview with the Sun newspaper that targeted his host. Okay. Here's Sadiq Khan the other day. I want to play a little bit of this. I think it's really important that we have good relations with the USA, and that includes the uh, president there, our closest ally, and we have with him a special relationship. But my objection is for him to receive a state visit, a state banquet, and all that it entails. So I think we've got to be very careful about not giving the impression that we condone ah. some of the things that he's said and done over the last uh, two, three years, from separating children from their parents on the Mexican border uh, to uh, using racist, uh, derogatory and offensive language to walking away from the uh-huh. Paris climate change uh, agreement right. uh, to rolling back the progress made on uh, LGBT plus rights or rolling back right. the reproductive rights of uh, okay. women. And I think also I'm worried about the, uh, f- the fact that the far-right movement around the world mm. sees Donald Trump as their poster boy in, a, in a, countries like Hungary, uh, France, uh, Italy, and even this, this, this country. Even this country uh, here. On the fringes, uh, far-right extreme views are now being normalised ah. because they've been given sucker by Donald Trump. Right. Normalisation of, of far-right well views. on social media for referring to, to Donald Trump in these terms. I have a question for you. 
Why is the mayor of London being treated like a world leader, akin to a you know a president or a prime minister? He is the mayor of a city. Why is he at the front page of all of these stories? Why is he in the front and centre? He has no power when it comes to international relations. He has no power, you know, over the Donald Trump state visit. It's really none of his fucking business, to be honest. He is a local mayor. He is a city mayor. Why is he being treated as though he is a world leader when he's not? And people say, well, London's a big city. London's a big city. He is a world leader because London's a big city. Please, please. Please. He's on the front page of every paper. He's front and centre of every news report, giving his opinion about why Donald Trump is visiting and how it's wrong to normalise things about Donald Trump and why we shouldn't talk about Trump and why we should hate him. Who cares what he thinks? Who cares? <laughs> you are a local mayor. You, you should be concerned with trash being collected, the trains running on time, the electrical company not going broke, local policing. But he is being held up as the voice of the UK. You see three times as many interviews with the mayor of London than you do with anybody in government, in the federal government. Why? Don't you find that curious? I mean, say what you want about, you know, Bill de Blasio, but he wouldn't carry on like this. New York's bigger than London. He wouldn't carry on like this. And if he did, people in the, you know, people in DC would say, shut up, Bill. It's none of your fucking business who comes to Washington. Shut up. <laughs> Worry about London. This guy is, you know, this guy is leading a crusade against the President of the United States as a local mayor. And he's worried about the rise of homophobia worldwide when he can't even control knife crime in his own city. People are stabbing each other on the streets in on London in record numbers, but he wants to solve misogyny and homophobia worldwide. Okay. Little bit of mission creep there, Mr. Khan. Little bit of overreach. Tell you what, lad. Why don't you just make sure that the bins get collected every Thursday like they're supposed to? Maybe you can do something about all of these people getting their livers perforated by big nasty blades. And then we can talk about the homophobia, mate. Then we can talk about the misogyny. Then you can worry about what Donald Trump's doing when he comes over and meets the Queen. All right. All right, my son. All right. How about you take care of your job first? Don't worry about what other people are doing, mate. <laughs> they're stabbing balloons too. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the video, but people have said um Amy, aka Amy Crazy World, aka Crazy Amy, aka based Amy. She um she shivved. She shivved the Donald Trump balloon apparently and that video's gone viral. She got arrested. We'll see what happens. See what happens. I want to show you this a little bit more from the protest and then we'll go, then we'll move on. Oh, one more thing, sorry. One more thing. Donald Trump balloon. Museum of London wants baby blimp as an exhibit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they're not taking us seriously. You know, we have very serious and legitimate concerns about Donald Trump here in the arts world. 
Here in the high-class arts world of London's West End, we have some very serious concerns about Donald Trump and his misogyny and his homophobia. We want to put the baby blimp on ex- as a permanent exhibit in the Museum of London. If I paid, I don't know, if, do you have to pay to get into the Museum of London? If you have to pay a cover charge, like just say it's £10 or something to walk around the Museum of London. If I paid £10, walked in and saw this, I'd be like, I want my fucking money back. What the hell is this? Is this a frat party? What the hell am I looking at? <laughs> Why do we have balloons in the Museum of London? See, this is the thing. I don't find this offensive. Like, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, take it down. They shouldn't be allowed to do it. I'm like, no, let them do it. I think it's funny. I don't think the balloon is funny. And I don't think, you know, them doing it is funny. But I think them doing it is funny because it's not funny, if that makes sense. The blimp was flown over Parliament Square during the US president's working visit to the UK in July 2018. Campaigners raised almost £18,000 to to pay for the six-metre-high inflatable London inflatable and london mayor sadiq khan gave permission for it to fly fly my pretty fly the Wrights brothers a celebration of man's conquering of the skies with the flying of the baby trump blimp Eighteen thousand pounds somebody paid ticket price somebody overpaid £18,000, I think that would be equivalent to about 25000 American dollars or thereabouts. No, it would be around 14000 American dollars, 15000 American dollars, I think, for that. <laughs> you got ripped. You got ripped, bro. Somewhere there is a balloon maker kicking back with a cigar and a nice glass of cognac going... <laughs> outrage, outrage protesters will pay anything anything they do no homework no due diligence the museum said the owners of the balloon were keen for it to go on display there and there was the Sadiq Khan one that somebody made in response so there you go alright a little bit from today's proceedings ladies and gentlemen this is about the time where I came in and it's right at the end of the rally in the moving of the embassy to Jerusalem is bad, yes, but in this country, over the last year, we sold £230 million worth of arms components to the State of Israel. That is up 256% from the year before, including components for sniper rifles that were used to shoot unarmed people, people with press written across their chests and clear medics. Donald Trump is here, and he's not an He's here. He seems to be fond of talking about people grabbing people by their genitalia. Let me tell you something. Today, we have grabbed that miserable, despicable man by the scruff of the neck and thrown him back to Washington where he belongs. I still love the fact that all of these people, they'll walk around, they will celebrate holding up signs that say things like, Donald Trump is a cunt but then get all uptight and all upset when somebody says, grab him on the pussy. Like, that's a a step too far. And I don't think you even have to be politically... I don't even think you have to be overtly political to see the nonsense of that. Like, let's be honest here. These are the very same people that want to celebrate sexuality. They want to strip off and, you know, in protests and be naked and... There was, a, there was a video going around on Twitter earlier today of a naked, just a naked woman standing there for her protest march. No, no, no. 
right? They have no problem uh, pushing sexuality into the front and centre of modern culture. I mean, the, the, the sign that we were ce- apparently celebrating earlier, the woman said, you don't have to be modest to be respected. So that's all okay. You know what I mean? But somebody says, grab him on the pussy, and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, it's awful. How can we even tolerate a man that says such horrible things? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my God, terrible. Oh. Fanning themselves. It's ins- It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You can't, on the one hand, be proud of offending people with sexuality and sex culture and stuff, and then on the other hand, pretend like you're offended when somebody says something like, grab him on the pussy. He, he didn't even say pussy. He said, there's a man who who says horrible things like grabbing women on the genitalia. So now we're using the scientific terms because it's so offensive to say pussy. Meanwhile, there's a there's an unknown Scottish comedian standing behind the guy holding up a sign that says, Donald Trump is a nasty cunt. <laughs> he can't say pussy, but we're allowed to hold signs up that say cunt. I mean, figure it out. And this is one of those things that it doesn't matter if you're, you know, pro-Trump or any Trump. For the people who aren't politically engaged, they would say, really? That's kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb. Why do they get, it's not that bad, what he said. It's not that bad. But trying to make it that bad doesn't necessarily make it so. So let's carry on. Last Mohican in the crowd there. Because of mobilizing even less than 1% of the society, people only have the right to vote that don't own property in this country through a 300-year struggle led partly by William Cuffey, a black man. We have these rights because people mobilized, collectivized, and struggled for them. Right. And at the end of the day, it's scumbags like Donald Trump scumbag. that knows deep down that people power collectively is far more powerful than him and all of his tanks. Thank you very much. High energy crowd. Okay, this is the, this is the bit I heard, and I thought, oh, I have to show you this. Because nothing says resist fascism like a little bit of slam poetry on the streets of London on a rainy afternoon. Lammy is running from the Palace of Westminster to join you and he will be our final, join us, and will be our final speaker tonight. Before that, we're going to get, you might have seen them earlier, and they gave um, an excellent set at the uh, Whitehall stage. So please give it up for Blow Poets, Miss Yangtze and White. Blow Poets. Let's do it. I like poetry. I'm a lover of the fine arts. I'm a lover of the linguistic arts. A little bit of poetry. A, a well-written jibe. I can, I can very much enjoy the wordplay. And the, the way that the... I, I very much enjoy an intellectual wielder of the polemical sword. Displaying their, their linguistic prowess. For the pleasure of myself and for the resistance of fascism, I can very much be down with that. So I'm lo- I'm very much looking forward to this. Okay. I mean. <clears throat> 
any any poem that can mention the word placenta in the opening line, I'm sold. I'm like, that's genius. You grew in your mother's womb and you got fed food through your mother's placenta. Very. <laughs> it's genius. Genius. The imagery, ladies and gentlemen. The wonderful imagery, the heartfelt, the passion. The passion. You got fed through a tube for your mother's placenta. Oh, it's breathtaking. Beautiful. Outside conspired a hidden agenda, you're here now. And now that you're out, your mother trembles with fear now. Wishes you didn't come out, cause it's been years now. Now you're five and outside, she has to look for cars as they drive past in case they try to take you. She has to be conscious of your color, cause the fact that race alone in this world has the power to make people hate you and not you sleep. And she tries not to wake you, but she's been watching the news. Praying hard that you escape through this madness, this mayhem, this matrix, this vision, this con, this business. Her job, her mission is more than this. It's more than stitches, ballet blisters, dirty dishes. So she makes you clean the kitchen. It's to make you listen, make you vigilant, make you ready, make you militant. Because it's no joke. There's no pretense. Nice. Her mission is more than dishes. It's to make you militant and ready because racism, everybody hates you. The world is horrible. It's a disgusting place. She wishes that she could put you back into the womb, but it's years now. She feels guilty that you were born because the world is so horrible. See, I, it is. It is a, a literary classic and a very uplifting one. See, I, I love the positivity in the message. Um, you know what? If anything, it's a little over the top. It's a little too positive. It's a little too uplifting. You got fed through a tube of your mother's placenta. Your mother is guilty. She wishes she could put you back in there. Her mission is to make you a militant because everybody's racist. <laughs> like, I'm like, wonderful. I, I want to put this on my iPod and like just put the headphones in, sit back on a beach somewhere and enjoy the finer things in life when I hear this stuff. She wishes she could protect you, but there's no fence. Inspirational, so that's the word. I see. Thank you, Minuteman. Minuteman nails it. Inspirational. Inspiring. <laughs> An inspiring prose to the resistors. You and I need you to see through what they don't want you to, to show other people what it means to use all of the means that God gives you for you to know what's up. Know that you're protected by us. Know that you're special and about that self-love. I mean that self-worth. Self-help for your own self-development. Self-worth for your self-esteem so everything else seems irrelevant. So it's evident. <laughs> I love the juxtaposition there too. Um, your self-worth is, your, your self-worth is important. That's why... Everything in the world is horrible and everybody hates you because you, because of racism. So it's very important that you have self-worth after we describe to you the reality that everybody hates you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, mum. Thanks, mum. Can I have a cookie now? No. No. No, you can't. Do you think, do you think the white man's going to give you a cookie? You've got to take your cookie. You've got to stand up and take it. Don't let the white man hand you cookies. Make your own damn cookie. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mum. Gonna turn you into a militant. <laughs> this is fucking serious. There's a matrix here. This is an awful world. Everybody hates you. Don't you understand? But can I just have some ice cream, please, Mum? No! You can't have no damn ice cream. 
We gotta get you ready for war! Huh! Good God! What is it good for? Evident, you're elegant. Eloquent, you're intelligent. Perfection, your excellence. Testament to God, so you stay definite. Sentiment to love, so self-love is of your benefit. No Barbie with no Ken. No Lois, no Clark Kent. No damsel in distress, you're the best. And yes, you're worth it. Send home any president who doesn't step up will deserve it. you got to make him earn it. That man never put the work in. That, that man never put the work in. He, he's got to earn it. Well, he's the president. So tough titties. My darling. Tough titties. Um, speaking of racism in the UK, you might find this interesting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. There's a really shitty reality TV show on in the UK called Love Island, where they get a whole bunch of people and stick them on an island. You can, I know, it's a very complicated plot, so try to follow it. They get a bunch of strangers, put them on an island, and then hopefully they have sex with each other. It's called Love Island. Singled out, Love Island racism storm after after ethnic minority star picked last for fourth year in a row. There's the lovely lovely young lady. Yawanda Biala, 23, had to be coupled with fellow scientist Michael Griffiths, 27, after four men chose other women in a series of in the series four opener. In an exclusive interview with the Sun, Marcel Somerville, who together with other minorities, Malin Anderson and Samira Mighty, faced the same fate in a previous series, blasted the ITV2 dating show format while urging an overhaul. He said the one thing that lets the show down is that they're doing their casting and they don't take into consideration people's tastes. The casting progress needs to change. They need to listen and think about who they're putting in the villa and at what times. They need to make sure people match up in terms of their types. They put a bunch of good-looking people in there, but if you're putting people in there that won't form connections, you're making it impossible, especially if it's a person of colour. They're making it seem like it's a colour situation. They're making it seem. See, this is this is the thing when diversity quotas come back to bite you. So this show, and there should be, there should be black people, there should be Asians, should be Indians. I don't care. I don't watch the garbage. But apparently, if you don't pick the black person, that means you're racist now. If you don't pick the black person in a lineup, so you see, they line them up here because it's all about, we don't want to objectify people or anything. Like, we don't want to make this a shallow competition about what you find sexually attractive. Not at all. That's not the point of this. So let's get all the ladies in bikinis and we'll line them up and we'll have the men choose which ones they want to have sex with the most and if nobody picks the black girl until the last one, then that proves that the show is racist. <laughs> <clears throat> so here they are. They think they're doing the right thing. They think, let's 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 have a black girl in there. Yes, because that'll show everybody that we're not racist. But now, unless you force the contestants to choose the black girl, then they're going to call you a racist. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Now, I think she's good looking. She's pretty. She's good looking. Why not? But this is the problem. They're trying so hard to show that they're not racist, but they need to eliminate personal choice and personal attraction out of the argument in order to prove that they're not racist. You see the problem here? People on Love Island are free to choose their sexual partners. Not anymore. And nor should they be. Because we don't want to support racism. He added, in my three years, there were no girls in the villa that liked to date black guys. I was thinking there to myself, this is a bit strange. 
I like to date all different kinds of girls. To me, it doesn't matter about your nationality, race or background. As long as we have a connection, we can see where things go. Why aren't you wonderful? Aren't you wonderful? Just a quick reminder, they are on a show called Love Island where they literally put strangers together in the same place and want them to have sex with each other. This is the whole premise of the show. Strangers come out, girls get dressed up in bikinis, strangers come out and go, yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. You cannot be deep and meaningful and philosophical if this is your program. Sorry. It doesn't work like that. Other people are very focused on looks and appearance. Oh, how awful. How awful. Keeping on a theme, NBA might ban the term owner due to racial overtones. (laughs) (laughs) The NBA might nix the term owner from its vocabulary so as to avoid the suggestion of racial insensitivity, according to a new report. The report from TMZ Sports states that two franchises have already made the switch, referring to their majority shareholders by other names. Los Angeles Clippers owner Steve Barber. Oh, see, owner. Oh, ah, 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 ah. Steve Barber is referred to as the team's CEO, and the Philadelphia 76ers now refer to their main shareholders as limited partners. The TMZ report pointed to. <laughs> Do you ever wonder sometimes how we got here? Now, if you own an NBA team, we can't call you an owner because that infers something to do with slavery. Owning a company is now akin to racial prejudice. And the crazy train just keeps rolling down the track. All stops, all stops to loony bin. This is John Cleese. You know, said something very interesting to me. He said, if people can't control their own emotions, then they have to start trying to control other people's behavior. And when you're around super sensitive people, you cannot relax and be spontaneous because you have no idea what's going to upset them next. And that's why I've been warned recently, don't go to most university campuses, because the political correctness has been taken from being a good idea, which is let's not be mean particularly. What makes this video so special? It's not necessarily the message. It's not the white background. It's not the big think emblem in the bottom right hand corner. It's the fact that John Gleese is talking like this. And I've been warned to stay away from university campuses. If people can't control their own emotions, then they have to try and control the behavior of others. That's what makes it for me. Because if you can make a profound statement on political correctness and how it's destroying things in the modern world whilst doing that accent, then all of a sudden your cachet just goes through the roof. It's it's like rent a professor. It's the people who are not able to look after themselves very well. That's a good idea, to the point where any kind of criticism of any individual or group can be labelled um, uh, cruel. It's not just any kind of criticism can be labelled cruel, it's not wanting to have sex with somebody. It's in, in a shallow bikini-laden lineup. if you select the black girl last as the one that you most want to have sex with, that's now cruel. That's now racist. 
So it goes beyond just saying mean things. It's 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 anything but over the top celebration is now cruel and wrong and demeaning. And the whole point about humor, the whole point about comedy, and believe you me, I've thought about this, is that all comedy is critical. Even if you make a very inclusive joke, like um, how do you make God laugh, answer, tell him your plans. Now, that's about the human condition. It's not excluding anyone. It's saying we all have all these plans which probably won't come, and isn't it funny how we still believe they're going to happen? So that's a very inclusive joke. It's still critical. Oh, speaking of plans, I had, I had a video lined up, and I didn't end up using it, of Joe Biden releasing his Green New Deal shit. Did you see this? And the fundamental pillar of his Green New Deal plan is to eliminate emissions by 2050. And I thought to myself, wait, what is it, 2019? <laughs> is Joe Biden going to be in office for the next 31 years? <laughs> by 2050, we will eliminate greenhouse gas emissions. I, you'll be dead by then, Joe. How the hell are you going to oversee this promise? And I, they talk about, you know, Donald Trump and the politicians lying. And politicians do lie all the time. Of course they lie. Of course they lie. But they they make a big scene about Donald Trump lying all the time. And I'm like, hang on, there's a lie right there. I will guarantee that there will be no carbon emissions by 2050. He's not even going to be alive. <laughs> How can he guarantee anything? I guarantee no carbon emissions by 2050. Who the fuck are you? What, are we going to freeze him? Bring him back out? 2049? We're almost there, Joe. We're almost there. Maybe they put him in a cryovac and every, you know, three or four years or so, just wake him up, give him an update. Just letting you know, Joe, the plan's going ahead. Everything's working swimmingly. Everything's working well. Just so you know. <laughs> Pauline in chat. Soros is still kicking. Just saying. Just saying. All humour is critical. If you start saying, oh, we mustn't, we mustn't criticise or offend them, then humour's gone. With humour goes a sense of proportion. And then as far as I'm concerned, you're living in 1984. There you go. More stuff for people who aren't politically motivated in any way, shape or form. John Cleese is probably an old lefty from the 60s anyway, lamenting the lack of humour, the loss of humour in our modern society. One more thing for you before we take a little break. And then if you want, you can jump on the phone line in discord join the discord server head into the waiting room and when we get back we'll take a couple of calls if anybody wants to have a chat about any of the things that we've gone over tonight this is happening in canada and has been bubbling away for the last couple of months a judge on wednesday ruled there is enough evidence to send an snc lavalin group incorporated corruption case to trial as expected following efforts by the Canadian construction company to reach a settlement that led to a political scandal engulfing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. This is from six days ago. The Montreal-based construction and engineering company said in a statement that it will vigorously defend itself and plead not guilty to the charges following the preliminary inquiry. Lavalin is facing fraud and corruption charges related to allegations that former executives paid bribes to win contracts in Libya under Muammar, Gaddafi, Muammar Gaddafi's regime, which fell in 2011. The company has previously said it is looking for ways to protect its business in the event it loses the case. 
Trudeau has been dogged by allegations that he and his officials improperly leaned on former Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Reibold to help SNC secure a negotiated settlement and avoid a criminal trial. So this is going to court. Um, a couple of Justin Trudeau's ministers have had to resign already over this. And in true form, what's the best way to address a scandal in an election year involving government corruption? What is the best way to come at this if you're Justin Trudeau? I know. Canadian inquiry calls deaths of Indigenous women genocide. Yes! Yes! Ladies and gentlemen, we have found a way through. A landmark report blamed the violence on long-standing discrimination against Indigenous people and Canada's failure to protect them. If you want to get the focus off a court case involving corruption in an election year and you're Justin, Justin Trudeau, there is only one way to do it, folks. This is how you do it when you're Justin Trudeau. We must continue to decolonize our existing structures <laughs> and the racism, <clears throat> sexism and economic inequality that has allowed such violence against indigenous women and girls to prevail must be eradicated. De what is decolonize? Are we all so Justin Trudeau going back to Europe, I suspect? Go back to Europe and take your roads, take your hospitals, take your institutions, take your welfare, take your army, take it all with you and go right back to Europe. That would be a decolonization, would it not? Anything short of that is, you know, just just blather, just gobbledygook. How do you decolonize? Well, you pick up all the crap that you brought with you, all of your intellectual property, all of your buildings, and you get the fuck out of there and return the land to its natural state. We need to decolonize our institutions. What does that even mean? Does he know what it means? The other thing too is, it's a genocide and there was, you know, horrible abuse and offenses and rape and whatnot. Okay, fine. So was that the, the colonials doing that to the indigenous people? Because what these reports always state is that it's in these remote indigenous communities where the worst of this is taking place. Where the people have the least amount of contact with the so-called colonial empire, right? I mean, it's not happening in downtown Montreal. It's not happening in, you know, downtown Ottawa, right? It's happening in the remote rural areas, where the indigenous communities are generally self-governed. So is he saying that since the arrival of Europeans and turning Canada into a progressive modern democracy, the lives and stock of these people has gotten worse over time? Are the white Canadians raping the indigenous women? No, no, no. See, these questions are too difficult. When you're a virtue-signalling, ambiguous moron, you need to say things like, we need to decolonise our institutions in order to fix Indigenous people being abused in Indigenous communities in rural, far-flung rural areas. 
How do we fix this? By decolonizing government. What? The hell are you talking about, Justin? By the way, how was that decolonization of Syria of uh, Libya going with the construction company? <laughs> you should give them casinos. <laughs> you see my point though, right? Here you are confronted with a crisis pertaining to a particular subsection of your society. That being the indigenous people in indigenous communities in rural areas. In an election year, how do you propose somebody like Justin Trudeau should approach this report? Maybe there's something we can do in terms of infrastructure. Maybe there's something we can do in terms of spending for outreach, education programs, blah, 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 blah. No, no. No, somebody like Justin Trudeau says, we need to decolonize Canada. Whatever that means. Nobody really knows. And the sad part is, nobody really cares. It sounds good. It sounds like he cares. It sounds like we're going to do something. Hyperbolic doublespeak, exactly. And all the while, the people that they purport to represent and want to help and all of that kind of stuff, how will they be helped by the decolonization of the Canadian institutions? How's that going to stop the little girl getting raped? How's that going to stop alcohol abuse? How's that going to stop poverty? How's that going to stop poor education standards? It doesn't. It's not supposed to. Because if you address a root cause of a problem, then you have to take responsibility for it. There is no possible way that the Canadian state could ever be decolonized. It's not even a real thing. It's not even a real term. So it's not a real solution. And that's exactly why people like Justin Trudeau propose it. Because it can never happen. It sounds good, and that's all it's meant to do. And the suckers lap it up. Yeah, colonization, evil, decolonize now. We need to fix this. Right. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Go back to Europe. Son of a bitch. All right. I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. If you want to jump on the line, talk about anything we've talked about or anything, any topic at all, head over to the Discord, jump in the waiting room, and as soon as we come back from this very short break, I'll take a couple of calls. If not, I've got a couple of fun stories to do anyway, just to round us out till the end. So stick around. If you want to join in, head over to the Discord, join the waiting room, and we'll get right to your calls as soon as we come back.
All right, coming back. Hey, Grant. Thanks for joining us. Well, welcome back. Nobody wants to talk. Nobody wants to talk to me. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? I'm going to go I'm going to go out to a resist rally. Now I've had enough. Nobody wants to talk to me anymore. That's okay. I'm just a poor little broke down choir boy. I have no friends. Oh, oh, Bulgstar. No. Come on now. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe we need some more controversy. Maybe a bit of drama. I don't know. Tell me to hate somebody. <laughs> then we'll get them on the show. <laughs> no, we ain't doing that. That's all right. I've still got plenty. This is a fun one. Sometimes you've just got to tip your hat to Russia. Russia is at the forefront of many things. Now there, boogie boy. <laughs> Company under fire for offering bonuses to women who wear short skirts to work. Yes. Well done. Well done, lads. <laughs> See... The beautiful part about this is they're not forcing the women to wear short skirts. They're saying, hey, if you want to wear a short skirt, we'll pay you extra. <laughs> An aluminium manufacturer. <laughs> An aluminium manufacturer. It's not a fashion company. It's not a, it's not a, you know, a stripper stable. It's an aluminium manufacturer has been heavily criticized for offering to pay female employees more money if they wear a dress or skirt to work. It's a move that's been branded disgusting and sexist on social media, but Tatproof stand behind their decision to offer women bonuses throughout the month of June if they wear dresses or skirts to work. The Russian aluminium manufacturer, or depending on how you say it, do you say aluminium or aluminium, has launched a femininity marathon campaign where female employees can earn 100 rubles, that's £1.20, on top of their regular wage if they wear certain clothing to work. In order to claim this extra cash, there are a few more stipulations. The skirt or dress must be no longer than five centimetres from the knee and they have to send photographic proof of themselves wearing it to the company. <laughs> so they have to upload leg selfies <laughs> to get an extra pound 20 in their payback. <laughs> Making mini skirts great again. Um, do they pay, how do they pay them? Do they give them the money by slipping a couple of dollars into their G-string? That would be the way forward for me. I've got your raise right here, darling. <laughs> wow. The bizarre scheme has enraged many women on Twitter who have criticised the business. One person wrote, wow, so Tatproof is running a femininity contest for its employees in Russia. Basically, it seems so the bosses can gawk over the pictures. Disgusting abuse of power and exploiting women. Hang on. if they're, why, they're getting paid extra, though. 
If it's exploitation, would they be getting less? Isn't that the way it works? Like if you're exploiting somebody, you're generally taking things off them, not giving them extra. That's not exploitation. And they don't, they're not forcing them to do it. They're giving them a choice. Hey, if you want to wear a mini skirt, we'll give you a little something extra. <laughs> it's a difficult one. If anything, where where are the men's rights movements? Where are the where's the men's rights movement? Surely I should be able to get an extra pound in my pay packet if I have my butt crack hanging out, right? Fair's fair. Come on. If I walk around with a sleeveless shirt in the office, why don't I get a couple of couple of bucks extra in my pay packet? That's not fair. I'm being exploited for my manliness. Another Twitter user said, this is too shocking in 2019. Current year. It's current year. A third added a 100 ruble bonus for women who come in short skirts to brighten up the day of a male-dominated team. Indeed, why do we need feminism when we can just please men for money? Something that the hookers of the world have been saying for a long, long, long time. Girlfriend. See, make prostitution legal ban miniskirts <laughs> celebrate overt celebrations of sexual celebrate sexuality publicly and in an overt fashion get angry when somebody says grab them by the pussy are you keeping up at home speaking to Russian radio station Govorit Moska a spokesman for sorry I mispronounced that I should it should have said typical American jaw a spokesperson for the company claimed the campaign wasn't sexist and revealed 60 women had taken part already. They said, we wanted to brighten up our work days. Our t- <laughs> the Russians are pretty fucking based. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Could you imagine somebody trying to do this in the West? Our team is seven. This is the rationalization. This is the argument. Our team is 70% male. These kinds of campaigns help us switch off rest. This is a great way to unite the team. there's so many men in this office we just wanted to kick back and relax and brighten up our day so it's like hey baby hey baby hey chica why don't you wear a miniskirt huh (laughs) why don't you show off them legs baby why don't you show off those calves and i'll give you a little something something why don't you brighten up this place it's too dreary it's too drab it's too boring you know what we need legs got legs many women automatically wear trousers to work which is why we hope that our campaign will raise our ladies awareness allowing them to feel their femininity and charm when they make their choice of wearing a skirt or dress well done lads (laughs) we're trying to empower women we want to empower the women wear a mini skirt to work get paid extra as well as this the company is also reportedly holding other femininity events uh, next month, including a competition to see who is the fastest at making dumplings. Men, meanwhile, have been taking part in a pull-up contest. Ah, oh, there you go. I'd fail. Employee Anastasia Kirilova, who works in Tatproof's corporate culture department, said these ideas had come from CEO Sergei Rakov. He is very concerned about this issue, mixing gender roles. And he really wants to maintain the female essence in every female employee of the company so that young women do not have male haircuts, do not change into trousers, so they engage themselves in handicraft and project all their warmth into raising children. There you have it. 
The Russians couldn't give a fuck what you think. Could not care less what you think is offensive. Don't care what you think about gender roles. Wear a miniskirt. You'll get paid more. How about how do you like those apples? Offbeat. Drinking game rules in Fort Pierce include getting stabbed. Now, as an Australian, I can tell you culturally, we are prone to drinking games and drinking obscene amounts of alcohol whenever possible. So this is one I'm going to watch with interest. Because if there's a drinking game going around and I haven't heard about it, I'm suspect already. But first, hello, Tom. Can you hear me, Tom? Oh. uh, There he is. I just brought you right in. I just went to you right there, right there and then. <laughs> Tom's left the room already. <laughs> Did you hear that? Hi, Tom. Oh, oh. And then he jumped out. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining us on the show, Tom. Much appreciated. I'll, I'll, bring, him, I'll bring him in one more time. I don't know if he's ready or not. Are you there, Tom? Can you hear me? I am here. Okay. Is is the sound okay? Is it echoing or anything silly like that? Nope. No, it's good. It's good. Well, thanks yeah. for joining us, man. Thanks for being. Yeah. You are. You're the test pilot. You're the first one. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You've broken the glass ceiling. Like oh, perfect. I feel blessed. Now just put me in a miniskirt and we'll be happy. Absolutely. I'm surprised you're not wearing one already. I am. Well, how do you know? I mean, this is voice chat. I mean, you know, maybe oh, I'll yes. I'll just. I'll have to do a Twitter pick or something. Yes, please do. Show off those ankles. <laughs> Show off those ankles. So would, are you in favor of uh, wear a miniskirt to work day, get paid extra? Or do you think they should be forced to do it like like the good old days? Well, you know, I think that we've developed, you know, it being voluntary is a good place to start. Um, you know, sometimes progress takes some time. So. True. And we need to progress. Yeah. We need to progress to a state where there are more miniskirts on display in offices, not not less, right? Because this would be female empowerment, would it not? Uh, hey, hey, if 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 female empowerment and slut walks are taking off your clothes and strutting through the street, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this is this is them taking a very progressive step forward. That's right. It's less offensive than a slut walk, isn't it? It's less offensive than. Um, waving your hairy bush in the face of unsuspecting Trump families, right? At least you're covered up oh. just a little bit, just modestly. Yeah? I mean, it's pretty conservative, actually. Very you know? conservative. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's like the most conservative thing you can do. I mean, that's just, you know, that should be standard operating procedure. That's, it's, it's, that's funny. Now, now it's conservative. Now it's considered to be right-wing and overtly conservative and sexist to ask women to wear miniskirts. Where once upon a time women were burning bras in defiance of conservatism. So now showing it off, right? Now that makes you a fascist. It's incredible, isn't it? Right. And to, so, too, so the answer to combat fascism is for women to be incentivized to wear less clothing. Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't see any problem with that. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly yeah. go wrong? <laughs> it's Russia, nothing. I mean, it's, no. you know. <laughs> of course. They, they've got bigger <laughs> fish to fry. They've got more important things on the on the cooker right now. I just love that it's an aluminium company because I thought, oh, okay, it's a fashion house or something. But no, no, it's it's a manufacturing company. 
It's like we have we have far too many women in we have far too many men in the office, and we want to liven the place up a bit. So why don't you dance around in a skirt and you know amuse us? Yeah, have an extra dollar, <laughs> dance for your dollar. I love it. I'd I'd be very curious from a business standpoint to see, you know, if this really takes off for this specific company, if productivity goes up or not. I mean, that wow. would be that would be an interesting statistic. That would that would be the litmus test, wouldn't it? If productivity goes up, because but see, would productivity go up, or would men be more concerned with who has the hard, nicest legs? It's hard to say. That's probably a toss-up. I don't know. I mm. would probably actually be more inclined to think that probably productivity would go down a little bit. But it is Russia, and they have a different social structure than us. So maybe, maybe that encourages them. Maybe it's like upper man. Maybe mostly upper management. Maybe that's where the women are working is in management or. Yes. You know, away from, say, the floor. And then in that case, you want to get where you want to get promoted. You want to get that promotion so you can go work with them every day. That's right. You no longer have to sleep yourself, sleep your way to the top. As long as you take care of your lower half, as long as you go jogging maybe twice a week, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. So how are you, Tom? How do we find you today? What's up? What's going on in Tom's world? Well, lots of things are going on in Tom's world. You can find me, obviously, at Tom at Tom Chatelet on Twitter and at Tom Chatelet on Parlor as well. Parlor. Um, Parlor. Yes. Um, but uh, many things are going on right now. Lots of movement. Things are looking very good. We've been very busy, even though I have been super public and I haven't been in the public profile so mm-hmm. much. But um, lots of things have been happening. Uh, obviously, we've been planning for the American Priority Festival oh, yeah. in uh, Florida, in Trump Doral. That's going to be a blast. In Florida. So you will be the yeah. you will become the Florida man. Hey, you know what? You know someone's got to do the job, and I'm not saying you know people are saying that. I'm not saying that. You're I would not never saying. say that. Yeah. You would never do the right. job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people, people are insinuating that. You know that's you know that's what people have said from what I've heard. So. Right. Well, and when's that? June nineteenth. Uh, well, that's June nineteenth. Is the event with a meet and greet and book signing with George Papadopoulos in Papa Las D. Vegas. Yep. Um, and that's going to be a great event. If you guys are in Las Vegas, I recommend you definitely come check that out. Um, be meet up close and personal with George, get questions answered, um, get, you know, information straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, and meet a lot of like-minded folks within the Nevada area and Las Vegas area to network with. It's going to be a really great event, but the American priority festival is in October 10th, 11th and 12th. <sighs> and, that is a, a going to be a, a huge event. Is it? Are you going to have a little bit of slam poetry like we played earlier at the anti Donald Trump rally? Oh, oh, you know, absolutely. We're going to have lots of musicians, Good. and you know, you know, po- poets are kind of a part of that, as music is poetry essentially. So, sure. you know, sure. uh, you know, I'm absolutely. I welcome. I've done slam. I've actually done in my life. I'm not going to lie. Really, on my heart, I've done slam poetry. Really. I Yes. Is there a recording of this? Well, <laughs> don't say I mean, no. Don't you dare tell me no, Tom. Don't you dare tell me no. No, I'm not saying I have, but some people would spend a lot of money probably to shelf those things and remove them. So, you know, but I didn't do that, obviously, but one probably would. Oh, please. If anybody out there, Russia, if you have the tapes, release them. <laughs> release them. At least the slam poetry. Fantastic stuff. So, what's anything else on your mind, Tom? Or did you just want to come on, give a gratuitous plug, talk about miniskirts? Yeah, no, we can 
First off, I want to say your set is looking great. The the new the, the design you have for the show and the, the background and the everything. It looks oh, amazing. You. It sounds crisp and clean. And I'm really impressed. It's amazing. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, we can stay on all night. And as long as you're, I'm getting compliments, then I'm happy to carry this on well into the morning. Well into the morning. Right. We and can, we can keep this broadcast wet, going looking, up. You know. We can keep this broadcast going till June 19th. If you want, yeah, yeah let's just go until we uh, we're at the event. I mean, then we'll just start doing it live from there. It's a love fest marathon up in this bitch. Fantastic. But stuff. your silhouette is looking very slim these days. I just want to let you know the, your silhouette's looking, you know, very ah. slim. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. It's learning special know. effects. That's what I'm and doing. And also, start wearing shirtless shirtless. Let's try it out. You know, maybe some shirtless sleeves and just a little bit of lighting on the arms. You know, keep the rest of you a little bit of arm there. Out, but there you go. Show those guns off. Hey, you know? There you go. There's a gun. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that python. Hey, isn't that something? There you go. I'm flat. Maybe I'll get paid an extra pound this week. Who's to say? Hey, I'll, hey I'll, I'm not exactly sure how pounds work, but I'll definitely send you some. Or I don't know if I have to Google it or what. But I'll, you know, maybe we'll have to convert it or Bitcoin. I don't know. Well, if but not I'll a pound, at least a pence or a shilling. I mean, surely I'm <laughs> shilling. I'm shilling for a shill. I'm shilling for a shilling, essentially. I. W how about this? I'll donate to you, but only in rubles. So we have to yes. figure out how that works. Now, can <laughs> I can I convert that into pesos, buddy? Chance, yeah. <laughs> bro. I will. I will. I will. Um, right now, I'll donate thirty thousand pesos. Ah, thirty thousand rubles. <laughs> okay. If anyone in the chat can convert thirty thousand rubles and. Uh, if you could just convert that for me, then I'll be able to know how many female employees I need to pay in order to be surrounded by miniskirts here in the Boogie Bumper Studios. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. That's a whole show segment on itself. I'm almost, I'm, I'm positive. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, thanks for, you know, I, it was a, it was a Dorothy Boyd moment. It was Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Come on, come on. Well, I took Blinky. I think it's great. I've never actually seen. Uh, maybe people are doing it, and I'm just not aware. But I've never actually seen people link, link a Discord to their show, which I think is a really smart idea. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought because if I put a Google number up or a Skype number up, then um, even though I really like um, people jumping on a microphone and screaming "Heil Hitler, gas the Jews," um, I would get sick of kicking them off repeatedly. At least this way. You know, it's people who are genuinely interested in the show, so they're in the Discord, and if they want to have a chat about something, then you know they can't. We already know that they're kind of on the level, at least enough to have a, com a actual conversation. So, absolutely, and I just want to say it's it's uh, what you, you have Patreon.com forward slash Boogie Bumper. Indeed, correct? indeed. Now, I'm just going to tell the viewers out there: you do whatever you want. I mean, it's free countries and whatnot. <laughs> well, kind of. You know, I mean, I guess maybe, who knows? But Papa, where needs, I am, Papa needs a new miniskirt. Come on. Yeah, it's supposed to be a free country. And as far as I'm concerned, you couldn't spend money better than on Boogie and his production. Oh, look so. at this. Look at this. I Fantastic. Without condition, <laughs> Boogie Bumper, his broadcast, his work, and his personality. They're amazing. I highly endorse this event or product. Tom Chatelet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Ah, oh, well done, Tom. And flattery will get you everywhere, son. So keep in touch. Keep in touch, man. Thanks for joining us. Perfect. Anytime, my brother. Legend. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the great Tom Chatelet. Follow at Tom Chatelet. Is it at Tom Chatelet or at T Chatelet? At Tom Chatelet. Uh, at Tom Chatelet, pretty much everywhere, I think. Okay. I'm trying to build up my parlor account. So if y'all want to switch and yes. get, get on the parlor account, I'm already verified. So just go and start following that. I'd greatly appreciate it. There you go. Follow Tom on parlor. Parlez vous. It's, I think it's supposed to be said parlez. Parlez. It is, actually. I, I was just talking. I was just talking. I was just talking to some folks at, at there today, and it is parlay. I didn't know that. So. Yeah, like yeah. parlez-vous français, right? And so there's going I to guess. be there's going to be Americans that say, "I don't give a damn. I'm gonna call it parlor because that's how we announce it in America, parlor." <laughs> and to them, I would say, "Okay, do you call the drink champagne?" Well, I do. I mean, I don't know about of other course. people, but I'm a goddamn American because you're cultured. Of course, I call it champagne. <laughs> that's right. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you're cultured. You know what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen. I drink my champagne pinky out. Absolutely. Pinky under. <laughs> under the glass. Yeah, exactly. That's how we roll down here. Uh, I drink mine out of a bucket with a straw. Just to let you in. That's how the pros well, do it. That's a pros That's because you're a man, Buggy, and you know how it rolls. Yeah, or well, I'm also an Australian, which means alcoholism is part of our culture. So, well, that's just breakfast. I mean, that's just like, the, isn't that the typical Australian breakfast? You just wake up with like a keg, a beer, or... Well, with a, with uh, a splash know, of orange juice. Beer. I mean, I'm not a monster. Right, so at least at least a splash of and orange none juice. none of that fresh squeeze stuff. This is like the... No, the concentrate. Orange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cordial shit. The terrible stuff. The stuff that needs to be watered down to make it, um, you know, to make it digestible. So the walls of your stomach don't collapse when you ingest it. That's the kind of shit. Is that what that was? I was wondering why I had to take so much Imodium. That makes way more sense. <laughs> Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Thanks for joining us, Tom. An absolute pleasure to talk with you, as always. And you can follow Tom Absolutely. on Palais and Twitter at Tom Chatelet. Thanks, man. Thanks for giving us a test run. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Follow Boogie and support him, fam. Will do. I will. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks, mate. Mm-hmm. There you go. I was just about to go. I was just about to go to James, and he dropped out. So get back in, James, if you want. Let's get back to our drinking game here. Thanks. That was fun. See, I don't buy it unless you pay me. Unless you want me to buy it, then I will buy it. If you don't want me to buy it, then I won't. Then I'll just get around in a miniskirt. The worst outcome of a drinking game is usually the losers uh, imbibe more than they want. Perhaps they get a hangover. But in a drinking game that Belinda Lattice Adams, 41, told St. Lucie County Sheriff's deputies on May 24 she was playing, the stakes appeared to be a bit higher, according to an arrest affidavit. Adams told deputies the rules of the game were that the loser had to stab themselves with a screwdriver. Isn't that incredibly creative? Deputies learned about the incident after a student at elementary school disposed, uh, sorry, disclosed that a family member had been bleeding. Adams of Fort Pierce said her opponent stabbed himself because he lost the game. Meanwhile, the man told investigators he got a wound on his shoulder because he fell. Oh, no, I, I fell over. I fell over. It had nothing to do with the drinking game. When asked about the drinking game, he said he played it. He said he lost, thus Adams told Adams to stab him. So she did. <laughs> Adams listed as unemployed. No. No, you don't say. An unemployed person engaged in a drinking game where the loser has to stab themselves with a screwdriver? I don't know. I feel like this person is has upper management written all over them. 
Perhaps if she was wearing a miniskirt, things might have been different. We've got another caller on the line. Aroha, Mr. Miyagi. How are you? Are you there? Hello, James. I can hear fumbling. I can hear fumbling. Oh, he's cutting in. He's cutting out. He's probably... Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Are you in Home Depot? Are you? Did you have to get the phone out of your pants because you're carrying too much thing? Can I... I think I called the wrong place. I was trying to order a couple egg foo youngs and some fried rice. Is that this place? Ah, yes. You want shitty wok. Fry rye? <laughs> you got fry rye? Hey, is, is, is Tom Chatelet still here? No, no. Tom's gone. He bid his adieu. Oh, well, I don't want to talk to you. I talk to you all the time. I was trying to talk to Tom. Oh, really? Really? Tom, <laughs> Tom, can you just, if Tom's still in the chat, Tom, just put your mobile number in the chat so um, James can get in touch with you. <laughs> Can you, do, can you do that, please? <laughs> What's doing? Oh, my God. What's going on? What's doing? Man? Welcome I, I, to the I, show. Your show's good, man. Thanks. I, I love the show so far. I was, I've been listening to the whole thing. I actually caught it all on YouTube. I've just been working, driving, you know. But uh, You got to work, yeah, baby. It's been fun. How's work? Are you finished now? Work, man. Are you finished? Yeah, yeah. I just got home. Just got home. Lovely. I had to cook dinner for the kids, you know, uh, do the family thing. But Can't yeah, they fend for themselves yet? Can't they fend for themselves yet? Yeah. Wait, you know, just like most kids, it doesn't matter how old they are. If you let them cook, you'll end up eating ramen, macaroni and cheese, and some bologna. And what's wrong with that? Are you some kind of elitist? Or? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I teach my kids how to cook, too. Like, they know how to cook, but they still don't do it. Damn. Like, just, I don't know what the hell. Lazy like, if I don't kids. force them to cook, they're not cooking. And that's the way, isn't it? Um, yeah. So what what's on your mind? Thanks for calling in, by the way. Thanks for... Thanks for Tom and yourself for giving it a test run because it would have been very awkward otherwise. Very awkward. Yes, yes. It, it doesn't help if you can't test things if you don't at least have two callers to call in. That's right. And we're spanning three continents here. We, you know, we're going Australia, go. Oceania, Asia, and the United States of the US of A. United That's States right. of America. What do you think about Donald Trump's trip to London? You- I think it's been spectacular, actually. I think it's it's went very well overall. Okay. You could have expected a hell of a lot worse, especially from, you know, some of the crazy people in England. But, uh, I, you know, I've actually had a good time watching Sky News as, as lefty as most of the people are. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was freaking hilarious that, that they were like, literally, not only did they say he called Sadiq Khan a stone cold loser. And then five seconds later, in case you missed it, the president called uh, whatever his name is, Khan, a stone cold loser. And they said it like a thousand times. And then the very next day, which was for me, I think this morning or, you know, last night, whatever, they they actually got Sadiq Khan on the remote and, and like pulled him on TV. And the freaking the lady, the first thing she said to him is, so Sadiq Khan, are you a stone cold loser? <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Don Lemon thing all over again, right? Remember when he said Don Lemon is the dumbest man on television? He gets them to repeat yeah. the, the insults themselves. It's incredible. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's incredible that they don't even get it. And then even Sadiq Khan couldn't really respond to that. Well, I'm not 11 years old anymore, and that doesn't bother me. And but he like you know he just went on his ad hoc stuff. But yep. I think your point was very well made that 
He's a freaking mayor of a city. Right, Why are we talking to this guy? Right. Why is he involving himself at the presidential level? And I was making the point, I think, on my scope slightly. I probably made it really poorly. Was that uh, these people, they could cause an international incident just by, you know, the shit that's coming out of their mouth. Like they had today, they also on Sky News had the shadow foreign secretary on. And she started going off to the point where Sky News cut her off. Like they had that Don Lemon or that Chris Cuomo moment. Oh, yep. Uh, Got to go. Oh, See you no. Later. Oh, <laughs> no. They just cut her off. <laughs> it was like, holy shit, man. These people, and they're, that's that was my point. It's like, I don't care what the people say. I don't care about us, you, anyone. We can talk shit about each other's country and each other. Right. All we want, we're just the citizens. But when you have the top level politicians, in other words, the Labor Party, like the actual party that theoretically could win the prime ministership in this next election that Theresa May is stepping down from, hmm. attacking the president and, and not even being smart enough to realize with the verbiage and the things that they're saying, that they're attacking all of us. And they're trying to walk this, thread this needle to say, you know, well, we're, we know we love America. We love Americans and all the things that America stands for. But this fascist motherfucker. Right. You know, it's like, wait a minute. We voted that guy in, you dipshits. That's right. So you are talking about us. That's right. So I think that's incredible. And they could really cause an international incident. And, and then think about this. What happens if, if Brexit gets done? It's through in October. And what what's the guy's name? Jeff Corwin the, the, or Jeremy Jeffrey Corbin? Jeremy Corbin. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy Corbyn happens to be the prime minister. Now, what do they do? How are they going to get a good deal with Donald Trump as the president of the United States after they have just lambasted him, attacked him, called him a fascist motherfucker and oh, pissed off all of the Americans? He'll walk it back. He'll, he'll find a way to walk <laughs> it back. Oh, you know, if, if, he, if he happens to win, he's not going to win. But if, just say this he did. This guy actually... Right. Yeah. Look, just say he, he actually, did. Yeah. He'd come out. And he'd come out on TV the next day. The the he wouldn't be asked about it first of all by the media. They'd pretend like he never said it. But then on right. the occasions that he does get asked about it, he'll say, "Oh, look, I've I've made it very clear to Donald Trump that I have particular issues with elements of his campaigning. You know what I mean? But overall, we have a great relationship with the United States, and that's not going to change regardless of who's in power. And there you go. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done. And they all go, oh, he's such a statesman. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's such a statesman, all right. <laughs> Fucking bastard. Right? Yeah, that's the only thing that annoyed me out of the entire trip so far was just listening to their drivel on uh, on television and not realizing that, that that's not how diplomacy is conducted on a state visit. That's that's for internal politics when you're not, exactly. you know, yeah, trying to sell. Did you see any of the Trump press conference? He had them in stitches. I did. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, he did. Laughing, yep. carrying on. So, yep. for you know, you see a little clip like that. You see a 30-second clip like that get reported. Donald Trump had the press corps laughing. Then all of a sudden, they're going to be like, hang on, haven't you told us that this is the most dangerous man on earth for the last two years? And what, now you're right. sitting around laughing, joking? The reality is they like him. They like him. Yeah. For all the garbage that they write, for all the things that they say... For all of the, you know, hyperbolic nonsense that they carry on with. Oh, fascist, Nazi, homophobic, racist, bigot. If, when they're actually front to, uh, face to face with the guy, they can't help but be charmed by him. 
because of the way he conducts yeah. himself because he's so casual and he's he feels no stress whatsoever or at least if he does he doesn't show it so it's very difficult to get under that guy's skin in that sit in that setting and of course you know he's right. he was saying there to Theresa may uh who's who's the guy going for your job i don't know him michael gov is he good <laughs> Is he going to take your job? And they're all laughing like, holy shit, did he just say that? <laughs> I thought it was very interesting how the media over there, the, the English media was was working on those angles quite quite a bit about how meeting for, for what's his name, for Boris to meet him would yep. have raised his stature to the, to the likely premiership or whatever they called it. And then that this guy gov meeting with him was a big deal because he met him before boris met him it was like really this is the guy you guys all hate <laughs> every one of you hate him you just got done talking all kinds of levels of shit about him and the people that voted for him were all racist bigot nazis but now you're telling me that inside your internal politics that the meeting alone with the president gives him the fast track to become the uh Prime Minister. Well, now they got to kiss Wait, the ring, what? right? Now they got to kiss the ring because they want the top job. Right. So now they got to right. bend the knee. And you know, I think I think I Boris quite likes Donald Trump, and I think he said so himself because Boris is a bit Trumpy in a similar vein, mm-hmm. like kind of just says what he wants. He was when he was the mayor yep. of London, anyway. Definitely when he was right. the mayor of London. Well, I think that's interesting too because I, I I'm pretty sure that the inside track here goes to. I, again, you're you're better at this politics shit than I am because I have no idea. Um, but isn't the inside track for the prime minister revote already to the towards because they just had that they didn't have an yet towards Boris? Did you say sorry? Are you there? Did I screw this up? No, no, you're there. You just cut out a little bit. What did I do? You just cut out. <laughs> you just cut out a little bit. Can you hear me? Okay, well, James is... Yeah, we're here. Can you hear us? I can hear you, mate. I can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, the thing with Boris Johnson is he was supposed to be the Prime Minister the last time around, but they wanted Theresa May. Now, Boris Johnson campaigned heavily for Brexit. Theresa May was actually against Brexit. But uh, in the lead-up to the leadership spill, Boris Johnson's right-hand man essentially stabbed him in the back and prevented him from running for the prime ministership which handed the role to Theresa May who was handpicked by David Cameron the outgoing prime minister at the time and so essentially you know this was doomed to fail this is this is why i suspect you know not trying to get too conspiratorial here but i suspect that the whole operation of may of uh, David Cameron stepping down and installing Theresa May and to now where we're what 3 years after the vote and Brexit still hasn't happened yet and just gets extended, I suspect this was all part of the plan. To drag it out as long as possible, and then perhaps uh, a new general election could take place in the meantime, which Theresa May just hung on by the skin of her teeth thanks to the DUP in Northern Ireland. But, you know, I suspect this was the, the plan, to drag it out as long as possible. The Tories lose the next election. The Labour Party gets in, says we're going to have a new referendum. They mobilise all of their, you know, all of their more rabid sections of their support base, even though probably 35% of Labor voters actually want Brexit. And that that's the interesting thing here too. The Tories have to take this very seriously. If the Tories want to stay in power, they will elect Boris Johnson because Boris Johnson's very strong on the Brexit issue, right? Now, he's right. he's he has a number of flaws, don't get me wrong. He's not perfect. Nobody is. 
But if they go for another milk toast, middle of the road, you know, splinters in their ass kind of uh, leader who's not really sure, you know, about Brexit, who's, you know, oh, deal, no deal, we need to co- we need another referendum. If they go for something like that, then the Brexit party will eviscerate them. And Nigel Farage is, you know, yeah. he's turned himself into a player now. You know, five years ago when he was Can running for UKIP, that? oh, when he was running for UKIP, he couldn't even get elected in his own seat. Right? So now, it's, it's he's turned the tables completely. Yeah, it's six weeks ago, the Brexit party didn't exist, or seven weeks maybe now. But, yep. I mean, I think that's incredible that this guy is an actual threat to be the prime minister of England at, at, in, in literally seven weeks. And I think a lot of that, though, actually stems from, A, he supported Donald Trump, so and everybody knows he has a relationship with Donald Trump, and... Now Donald Trump's policies are proving to be winners and everybody wants to be a winner. There's nobody that wakes up in the morning and goes, fuck, I want to lose today. Fuck, I can't stop winning. I hope I want to lose. You know what I'm saying? So I think regardless of whatever they think about, holy shit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think a coconut just (laughs) fell on his head. You all right? (laughs) I just threw my phone halfway across the Lovely. Um, yeah, but the, no, I think that that's exactly the play there. Is that nobody nobody wants to lose, and, and regardless of how much shit they talk about, he's a homophobe, sexist. They see what he did for his country. Sure. And England wants some of that. England is desperate right now. What do they got? Twenty percent unemployment. Yep. They got the people that you know. It's just ridiculous on the jobs. They're getting out of Brexit. They have no hope for trade deals without Trump. They need someone to get along with Trump. Half the people in the country. Are just you know screaming lift cards, but Farage, man, for what he's done, I think he's got a real shot. Well, like I said, if the Tories don't take it seriously, then they're going to get their ass handed to them in the general. So uh, they need to, I think, elect somebody who's very strong on Brexit to put the Brexit party because now they have to cover their right flank, basically. But again, let's see that I'm doing it myself. The mischaracterization of the Brexit party is abounds. It's not a Tory movement. It's not a conservative movement. It is a bipartisan nationalist movement. It contains right. it contains the most the most devoted Labour voters in the country. James come from the northeast, which is traditional manufacturing mining towns. Right? Um, these people would never have voted Tory in their lives, going back ten generations. They were the most vocal supporters of Brexit. So. You know, the Labour Party, it's difficult for both parties to manage because half of the Tories want Brexit, half of them do not. The ones in bed with big business lobbies, right? They don't want Brexit because they've got pretty sweet right. trade deals working for their for their uh, lobbying groups. Um, half of the Labour Party don't want Brexit because they're rabid socialists and the EU is a socialist, bureaucratic, undemocratic superstructure and they want free movement of people around all of the different nations, right? because they believe in no borders, right. borders are racism, but half of the Labor Party do because they're traditional blue-collar working, mining, manufacturing people who see their jobs being taken away due to the trade conditions that exist within the EU. So it's very difficult for both parties to manage here. And so what the Brexit Party right. has done, they've identified that, hey, this isn't a conservative thing and it's not a Labor thing. It's a, it's a nationalist thing. So left and right, who cares? If you're pro-Brexit, then you, you, you vote for us. And then all of a sudden, I was reading a report last week, James, 
that if an election was held today, Nigel Farage would be the Prime Minister and his party, the Brexit Party, which didn't exist two months ago, would have a 200-seat majority. <laughs> they would basically, it would basically turn into a dictatorship at that point <laughs> because they would just wow. outvote everybody. If a part, if it was, if it was held today, and the same conditions for the EU vote were applied to the local vote, which isn't necessarily fair, but it's still a strong indication of how popular this thing is. Right. So now, correct me because I'm going to screw this up again after listening to all of that. Is that so? They have to have a general election now. It's not a. It's oh, not no, like a, no. An internal vote. No, it's an internal vote. The general election will be okay. what a couple of years from now, I think. Okay, okay, that's what I mean. yeah. This is just a so leadership for now, spill. Though, parliament votes for it. Yes, well, the party, the party will vote for who they want as their own leader, essentially. Okay, so the Tories are in charge till the end of the election, no matter what. Yes. they get to pick whoever the fuck they want. Now, that's Correct. what I thought. Okay, Correct. I was just, but I thought I. Missed- I thought I screwed something up, and I did. So thank God you're there to correct me, as usual. No, no, no. And I do it nicely so nobody would ever notice, but then you go ahead and ruin the illusion for everybody. (laughs) I I have to ruin the illusion. (laughs) Anything else on your radar, James? No, thanks for inviting me onto your show. I loved it. Thank you. There you go. Thanks for for joining us, man. And Anytime, brother. Uh, you can follow James at Real Person PLTCS for the best 15-minute data download broadcasts on the interwebs. Of course, on Pirate Radio, Radio Friday night with Chris Mack at ChrisMC44. And with some unknown Australian peasant, he also hosts a show on Sunday night at random times because they hate their audience, and I hate them. Uh, it's called Trust and Verify at TAV Show on Twitter. You can check that out there as well. Oh, and don't forget Ladies of Liberty Saturday night at Real Person PLTCS. Thanks for joining us, James. Awesome. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There you have it. The call-in line works. So I think that's a good place to end it tonight. Maybe just one more story just to send us out. Thanks to Tom and James for joining in. What an absolute pleasure. And hopefully, you know, in the future, more people want to join in and have a chat on the line. Remember, if you want to do that, join the Discord server, jump in the waiting room, and we can get you on the show. One more story to send us out. Arizona, man. Arizona, for me, is challenging Florida for what the fuck is going on status. What For all for every story that, uh, you know, comes out of Florida, like, that makes you say, what the fuck is going on in Florida? There's at least half a story of a similar taste in Arizona. Arizona, man, already facing charges for bestiality with a cat, gets busted in online sex sting with the username White Tiger 69 <laughs> The White Tiger. <laughs> By an undercover cop pretending to be a 14-year-old girl. He, he doubled down. He said, you know what? Getting busted for having sex with a house cat wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. <laughs> Richard Florida's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's, not my, don't, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. You'd be amazed how many stories I get from Florida that I just have to ditch every night. Like, we could do a whole segment of what the fuck is going on in Florida every single night because there's so many stories that come out of Florida of weird shit happening. Don't get angry at me. I'm just the messenger. It's not my problem. (laughs) Florida, do what you do. You be you. I love it. I love it. 
Mesa police arrested a 40-year-old Michael Navage on May 31 after he showed up to an area meetup to have sex with a 14-year-old girl. The girl wound up being an undercover cop who had made a fake profile on social media. Navage was charged with luring a minor for sexual exploitation, attempted sexual conduct with a minor, and possession of drugs and paraphernalia. He went the whole hog, this boy. He was on pre-trial release for a March 20 arrest after Mesa police responded to a cat, a call of a cat in distress. That's one way of putting it. Transient was charged with bestiality for trying to have sex with the cat. <laughs> Fuck off, motherfucker. Sorry, Richard. Sorry, Rich. An Arizona man facing charges for allegedly having sex with a cat is now facing new charges for trying to have sex with a 14-year-old girl. Contacting the teen under the username WhiteTiger69, Navaj repeatedly confirmed the age of the undercover cop and shared that he was a 33-year-old man named Mike. According to court documents, Navaj told the officer, referred to as UC, that he wanted to have intercourse, oral and anal sex he also sent UC pictures, a picture of, pictures of an erect penis and arranged to meet up with the profile in Mesa. Upon his uh, arrival, Navaj was immediately detained and discovered to be wearing an ankle monitor. <laughs> he was also found to have a glass pipe with residue on his person and police later determined that he had a clear baggie containing a crystal-like substance in his front pocket. Navaj was on pre-trial release for a March 20 arrest after Mesa police responded to a call of a cat in distress at a residence located close to Val Vista Drive and University Drive. A responding officer found the father in the bathroom naked with the cat. Pash- <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was found in the middle of it. In the middle of the act. <laughs> A responding officer found the father in the bathroom naked with the cat, partially wrapped in a towel near his genitals. Meth was also found inside the bathroom. Navage was indicated as being a methamphetamine dealer who uses his drug sales to secure lodging and showers at various, uh, various places. He is said to have had fake money, forged IDs and checks in his possession, according to police reports. The cat was taken to a local veterinarian who determined that the cat had suffered wounds on its backside, the abused creature was also found to have previous rib fractures and pelvic fractures that healed over time. He was trying to fuck the cat to death. What's the problem? If you're a drug dealer, can't you can't you do what a normal drug dealer would do and have sex with a drug-addicted skank instead in exchange for drugs? Isn't that the normal going practice? Like if you if you're a drug dealer that wants to have sex with nasty things, why can't you, you know, go to go down to the local back alley and find yourself a nice crack whore? Somebody you can take home and meet the family. Like, why why do you have to have sex with the house cat? Surely, if you're a drug... I'm pretty sure the cat has no interest in your methamphetamines. Right? Why can't you just find yourself a moderately attractive crack whore, only missing a few teeth like a normal person? I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. I think he's I think he's failing. Drug dealing, bro. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, I'll just go and find myself a child instead. White Tiger 69. You have it. Arizona, ladies and gentlemen.
and a feel-good story to bring us to the end of the show. Thanks for joining us, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for the callers, Tom and James. Thanks for chipping in. I appreciate you. Thanks to uh, the supporters of the show. Your support is much appreciated. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for joining tonight and sharing. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Um, the late, the later time, I don't think anybody was too put out by the later time. Maybe we have to go back to a late night kind of thing, especially if I go a little bit longer and take calls and stuff. So if you want to, you know, tell me the what, how you think. If you want to get on the Discord or join me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper, tell me if you prefer, you know, the nine, eight, nine o'clock, or if you prefer a bit, bit of a later night feel. Prime time for the vampires, the alcoholics, and the wolfmen. And, you know, a little bit more freedom to go a little bit longer if we want to. So I might be back tomorrow night around the same time. I might do another late night show tomorrow. It's a different vibe, I think. It's a different feel. A little more relaxed. So uh, get in touch with me. Tell me what you think. If you prefer earlier or later, please do so. I love feedback. And you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, yes, Virgo and the League Freak. Thanks for reminding me. I almost forgot. Don't forget about Virgo and the League Freak. That'll be tonight in about hmm, three hours from now, Virgo and the Freak. Also, follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS, Chris Mack at ChrisMC44. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. If you missed the show, if you fell asleep, you can watch the replay. I don't know why I'm telling you this now at the end, because <laughs> that's how I roll. You can also download the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, or your preferred podcast player. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. I'll be back tomorrow around the same time. Till then, guys, have a good night. Have a good day. See you then. Bye-bye.